0: guys it's late i'm tired i've been procrastinating this episode all night but you gotta put in the work there wasn't a huge storyline to go off of in week four. Other than that, I predicted a lot of things to happen, and I felt kind of normal in my picks this week. I think I went 10-6, and six, which is the best we've done all season. But there is a lot of surprising stuff in the current NFL standings. We'll dive into a little bit of that. But let's get this recap going. Week four of the National Football League. We already recapped the Thursday night game. We're starting into Sunday with the morning game in London. First game in London, the Minnesota Vikings get a victory over the New Orleans Saints, 28-25. The Vikings are 4-0 when playing in London, so they just need to go over the pond a little bit more often. Pretty much exactly how I expected this game to go, 28-25. Andy Dalton plays an okay game. Biggest storyline here was that Alvin Kamara was ruled out about five minutes before the game started. Absolutely ruined everyone's fantasy football team, considering a lot of people weren't even up at that time the game started. Kirk Cousins plays a decent game. Dalvin Cook, not a huge factor, but Justin Jefferson gets 147 yards. Actually, four field goals in this game for the Minnesota, or five field goals in this game for the Minnesota Vikings. Might want to uh, get that a little bit better. But Greg Joseph knocks down five field goals. Haven't seen him be that productive in a really long time. For the Saints, not Alvin Kamara, Andy Dalton. Uh, not much more you can expect besides uh, 25 points. Chris Olave with a touchdown in this game. His draft pick has so far been so good. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the t- Minnesota Vikings just they put up 28 points easier than anyone. I feel like that's just what they put up each week. I mean, 23 the first week, 28 last week, and 28... 20- uh, 28 the week before that against the Lions. So if this defense can hold up and they can put up 28 points consistently, they should be a good team this year. For the Saints, they just got to figure out if uh, Jameis Winston is the future. Otherwise, they might be in the quarterback market next year. We'll see. I, I think Andy Dalton is a fine backup. Um, I would still start Jameis Winston until he absolutely starts Um, basically just losing games for them. Um, I know that he's had a really rough start, but I think he's a better starter over Andy Dalton at this point. Otherwise, you ride Andy Andy Dalton out the rest of the season. You're plagued with injuries. Um, and I would just look forward to next season. You're one in three with the Tampa Bay Bucks looking all right, and this NFC looking surprisingly good, especially in the East. So, um, not too high on New Orleans Saints. Looking forward to next year, Minnesota Vikings. Number one, uh, leading their division right now over the Green Bay Packers. Got to keep that up because the Packers are looking pretty nice on offense. Into the 1 o'clock games, we're going to quickly go over this Los Angeles Chargers-Houston Texans game. Chargers doing exactly what they need to do. Very clean game. Austin Eckler finally becoming a part of the rushing attack again. 13 carries for 60 yards and 2 touchdowns. He also caught a touchdown in this game. Exactly what they needed to do. They put up 27 points in the first half i want to say i'm surprised because houston's had a decent offense this year but honestly with what the chargers have shown us that they can do on offense i'm not surprised whatsoever the fact that houston was able to make it a game in the second half was pretty encouraging damian pierce i'm absolutely loving at the running back spot have that huge 75 run in the second quarter to give us a little bit of momentum going into the half davis mills Statistically, he did okay, but honestly, he's just not seeming like the leader Houston needs when they got some of these young guys on offense. Their defense could step up a little bit more, especially in the front seven, Um, a little bit more pressure and definitely some um, linebacker. Positions, I think that's the thing we need the most right now to stop that run game, but, um, chargers are, this is a good momentum builder. Everything seemed to work well on offense for Los Angeles and they can start using this against their own division rivals and the rest of the AFC Houston sitting at Oh three and one worst in the national football league. Only team without a win. And, uh, they're just looking for that for that first victory. They are going to Jacksonville next Sunday where they know how to win very well, and I think that might be one of their best shots all year. But it's a uh, tough road ahead for the Texans. Browns and Ravens, two mediocre teams now sitting at 2-2 two and two after the Falcons pull out a victory on Sunday. Nick Chubb doing what he does best, 19 carries, 118 yards, and a touchdown. This is one where Jacoby Brissett really did not keep a clean game. One interception, 21 of 35. Biggest storyline in this one is that the Falcons are going to be without Cordell Patterson for the next four weeks as he – has had an apparent injury that puts him on the IR. So it's going to be a little bit tough without him. Um, Marcus Mariota went less than 50% of his passes this week, but just a lot of great defense. few turnovers in this game. You had the one interception. You had the one fumble on... The Cleveland Browns part, but the biggest thing was the three and outs. So I think there were probably five or six three and outs that Cleveland went into if they weren't making a big drive happen. Atlanta just kept getting the ball over and over, just getting available opportunities to score in the second half and finally in the fourth quarter. Surprising to see the Atlanta Falcons make a comeback. No real statistical... Um, helps for them. Other than that, they were just able to get the Browns to punt the ball over and over, especially in that fourth quarter. So good win for the Falcons. Bad look for the Cleveland Browns. They need to hold alive in their division, especially now that the uh, Bengals are getting hot. The Ravens are still solid. The Steelers are a long ways away, but the, the Browns are still going to need to make something happen. Washington Commanders, Dallas Cowboys. First two NFC East teams that we're going to talk about tonight because the NFC East statistically is the best division in football with three teams at either three and one or better. Dallas Cowboys winning this game on Sunday over the Commanders 25 to 10. And honestly, this was a one-score game going into the fourth quarter. No team had really put themselves up ahead. But it really came down to the Washington Commanders shooting themselves in the foot over and over and over. They had 11 penalties for 136 yards. It practically gave the Cowboys a touchdown solely on their own penalties. Carson Wentz also had two interceptions in this game. He just doesn't look that that good. I mentioned it last podcast that this, it might be Carson Wentz, the player is the reason that he's getting pressured so much. And then he's throwing so many bad balls is because he just wants to hold on to the ball for so long. And then he's putting up shots that are simply not going down only 170 yards at a 42 attempts. Cooper rush had 223 yards out of 27 attempts and 15 completions. It's just not going Carson's way right now. Um, the Dallas Cowboys defense obviously put up a really good game once again. Cooper Rush, zero interceptions so far, playing a really clean game. Ezekiel Elliott with a little bit of a contribute. De- uh, CD Lamb also with a touchdown. Again, just a solid game for the Dallas Cowboys. Four field goals in this game, putting up 25 points. I'm still not convinced that the Dallas Cowboys are a legit contender. That being said, their schedule isn't really that hard, and they might be able to squeak into the playoffs. They've got the Rams upcoming next week, a nice 425 game. Even though um, the Rams are the reigning Super Bowl champions, they are seriously struggling on offense right now to get anything going, so the Dallas Cowboys have a good chance at that. Then it's at Philadelphia. That's a loss. The Lions, they got a chance. The Bears, a yes. The Packers, they have a chance. The Vikings, they have a chance. Then the Giants and the Colts, Texans, Jaguars should all be wins. Eagles, once again, Titans, Commanders. With the AFC South and the NFC North and their own division, the Dallas Cowboys have a really good chance of making the playoffs. Washington football team. I don't even know. I don't even know where to start on them. There's nothing going right. Carson Wentz doesn't look like a great quarterback. Antonio Gibson doesn't look like a strong running back. Terry McLaurin still looks like a decent wide receiver, but I think everything needs to go into an upheaval for the Washington Commanders. The game of the week apparently was in Detroit. Seattle Seahawks versus the Detroit Lions. Final score. 48-45, to 45, one of the highest-scoring games in recent memory, just going absolutely haywire. Both quarterbacks putting up a show. Both running backs putting up a show. Receiving core was great. There was literally no defense in this game whatsoever. It was just which offense can score the most, Faster, and in this case it was the Seattle Seahawks which were able to pull away a lead late in the second quarter keep it through the third lost it a little bit in the fourth quarter but a huge 41 yard rushing touchdown from Rashad Penny would seal the deal with two minutes and 14 seconds left in the fourth quarter let me tell you guys Jared Goff is looking a lot better when it comes to his efficiency. 26 of 39, 378, four TDs. Had one interception that game that really cost them. I think it was a pick six. Yeah, 40-yard pick six on the first play of one of the drives. That really cost them the game, so I think they are one pick six away from winning this game. The Detroit Lions are officially the most dominant offense in the National Football League. They have put up 35 even points a game that is number one in the NFL now why are they sitting at a what are they sitting at a one and three record well they've been allowing 35.3 points they have allowed more points than they've gained they are number one in total offense they are dead last in total defense by a full four and a or six and a half points By full six and a half points, they have allowed over the next best, next worst team. I mean, it's, it's actually remarkable How this young defense with Aiden Hutchinson is allowing 48 points to a Geno Smith-led Seattle Seahawks offense, and they're still contending with a Jared Goff-led offense. These two running backs were fantastic. I mentioned Rashad Penny when I was talking about fantasy running backs. This is the first time he's gotten the majority of the touches, and he made the Lions pay 17 carries, 151 yards, and two touchdowns. On the other side, Jamal Williams. The man goes for 19 carries, 108 yards, and two touchdowns. He is the number one running back. DeAndre Swift is a great back, but he is going to get the Travis Etienne special, that special back who they can sometimes use in the passing game. But this is Jamal's Jamal Williams' position. TJ Hawkinson gets his first big go at it this year. Eight receptions, 179 yards, and two touchdowns. DK Metcalf we finally saw go off with 149 yards. This was special all the way around. Geno Smith with a solid game, only seven incompletions in the entire game, over 300 yards. I cannot say enough about how amazing this game was to watch. And to witness how this scoring was flying up on my phone every 30 seconds, it seemed like someone was scoring in this game. It was a blast. Are these teams a legit contender? No. These are two terrible defenses and two offenses who were able to have a field day. I think the Lions are the better team overall. Their defense just has to get better, especially since they have an offense. they have an NFC full of high powered defense or high powered offenses. Moving on to the AFC side, it's the Titans versus the Colts. This could not have been more correctly predicted by yours truly. I said that the Indianapolis Colts were going to struggle against the Tennessee Titans because the Titans know how to play the Colts, especially in their own home building. This is the Derrick Henry special. 22 carries 114 yards and a touchdown Ryan Tannehill threw it 21 times and only four incompletions finally held himself a clean game they were able to do what they needed to do on defense by stuffing Jonathan Taylor and the won the game 24 to 17 in a roughly medium point scored game exactly how I called this to go down I am not been impressed by the Indianapolis Colts in fact They are dead last in offensive points scored per game with 14.3. This is just, this is not looking good. This is, this AFC South uh, division is the Titans and the Colts, in the uh, Titans and the Jaguars right now. The Colts are nowhere to be found at one, two, and one. Jonathan Taylor, 20 carries for 42 yards. Remarkable downgrade from what he was last year. I know some people have been saying, this is exactly where it was last year. Yeah, but you got to be better in year two after you put up a stud year, especially against the Tennessee Titans who are letting Saquon Barkley have a field day over them right now. They're putting too much pressure on Matt Ryan right now. They've got to focus on getting Jonathan Taylor back, which will free up Matt Ryan to do all he needs to do, just like what Tannehill and Derrick Henry did against the Colts on Sunday. I think the Tennessee Titans are back in the game plan where they need to be to compete for this division against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And speaking of the Jaguars, let's talk about them because they put up a decent fight against the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday. Eagles moving to 4-0, the only undefeated team in the National Football League right now when they beat the Jaguars 29-21 to this Sunday. And let me tell you what, this offense took a second to get on it, but they finally did Five or 29 unanswered points between the second and fourth quarters. But the bigger story was that defense. Four sacks on Trevor Lawrence, including four forced fumbles and an interception. Five total turnovers on Trevor Lawrence alone. He had less than a 50% completion percentage. The run game was nowhere to be found. The pass game was held under 175 yards. Jacksonville got their two quick touchdowns early, and one of them was a pick six in the first five minutes of the game. Other than that, you never saw a thing from the Jacksonville Jaguars for a full, almost a full three quarters. The Eagles' front seven has improved significantly. Their run game finally got going in this one with Miles Sanders getting 134 yards and two touchdowns. Jalen Hurts just doing what he needed to do. He also had a rushing touchdown in this game. Loving what the Eagles are doing. They're mixing up their play style, it seems, every single game. Who they're going to focus on. Whether Jalen Hurts is going to pass it. Whether he's going to run it more. Whether Miles Sanders is going to get in on on this action. Just, It's such a great style of football. Their defense is going to pound you up front. And they're going to hold you in the secondary. I don't see a better team in the NFC than the Philadelphia Eagles at the moment. I think they're better than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think they're better than the Los Angeles Rams. I think they're better than the Minnesota Vikings. And I for sure think they're better than the Dallas Cowboys. Chicago Bears versus New York Giants. Don't want to get into this too much. Here's the deal. Chicago Bears had six, I want to double check this, six sacks on them in this game. Yeah, six sacks Chicago Bear, the Giants put on the Chicago Bears. Justin Fields had a 50% completion percentage. Khalil Herbert was getting stuffed this game because, well, he's the only skill player it seems like on the Chicago Bears offense. The New York Giants got their offense style figured out. Give the freaking ball to Saquon Barkley. He had 31 carries, 146 yards. Daniel Jones, 8 completions out of 13 attempts. 13 attempts. When have you ever heard that type of statistic In the National Football League. It gave them the opportunity to run the ball a little bit. Daniel Jones actually had two rushing touchdowns in this game. After Saquon Barkley basically did the rest of the work for him. I like the Giants defense. This is probably the best style of offense they've had all year. But here's the thing. They have beaten the Bears. The Panthers. And the Titans. Who just seemed awful week one. They lost to the Cowboys in week week three. Which puts them at a three and one. We're about to see their true colors. They got the Packers next week, the Ravens the following week, and then the Jaguars three out, three weeks out from that. I'm easily seeing three losses right there. Later on, they'll have to play the Cowboys again, the Eagles twice, the Vikings, the Colts. Um, this is just a, not a long-term solution for the Giants. I think the Giants are a quarterback away from being a really good football team. But you have to put some kind of passing game in there to expand your offense. Jets versus Steelers. First time seeing Zach Wilson this season, and he did the job he needed to do. 18 of 36, 252 and a touchdown, two interceptions. He certainly did not look great, but when you get a victory, you get a victory. Pulling out the comeback late in the game, um, he had that clutch touchdown where he led his team two huge drives there at the end of the game. I think this is um, fine work by Zach Wilson. That's all I gotta say. Brees Hall guy in there a little bit, Corey Davis a little bit, uh, but the biggest story so far in this game is obviously Kenny Pickett gets in there, has ten of thirteen for 120 yards and three interceptions. By no means did he have a great game, but he also had two rushing touchdowns in the second half to get his team up on top early. He just wasn't able to finish the job. I love it when I actually say something that I think is going to happen and it comes true because it doesn't happen often. But I did say when Kenny Pickett and Mitchell Trubisky were fighting for this job, Pickett would get in on week four. Last week, I did not say it was going to happen because we were were told that Trubisky would start this game. And that is correct. Trubisky did start this game. But Kenny Pickett came in and he took over the show when he got two touchdowns when Trubisky couldn't get a single touchdown. This is Kenny Pickett's job to lose. He's got to get in there. and He's got to start using his arm a little bit more. He's got some rush game. We all know that. He needs to use it just as effectively. Get that Jalen Hurts style in him because we all know he can throw the ball. He's got receivers to do it. George Pickens at 102 yards in this game. He's the new face of the Steelers offense. Dante Johnson is still good. Chase Claypool is still good. There is plenty of receivers for Kenny Pickett to go to. But just as I said, week four for Kenny Pickett, the Jets do pick this one up 24-20, to but the Steelers finally have some identity in their quarterback. Bills versus Ravens. One of the best games this week when it comes to powerhouse teams facing each other. Josh Allen versus Lamar Jackson. I did watch quite a bit of this game. And I thought it was amazing how the Bills were able to completely turn it on the Baltimore rail Baltimore Ravens faces. Ravens up a 17 point lead. They lose 23 to 20. Huge the I mean, the obviously the debate of this one is whether John Harbaugh should have gone for that fourth and goal there late in the halfway through the fourth quarter. I see two sides to the coin because the coin has two sides. You don't go for it, and you kick the field goal, and you hope your defense can stop the Buffalo Bills offense. They had been doing it for most of the game. They had been stuffing the Buffalo Bills on offense all day. They had a few good runs there in the second half. So you let your defense do the work on a rainy Sunday. Or you go for it and say, Lamar Jackson, go get us this touchdown. I am not too upset with the call to go for it. But let's be honest. Lamar Jackson blew it. If you watch the replay, his running back is wide open on the left side of the field. And I think he could have got that ball too. I don't I forget who was over there. Maybe it would have been a t- maybe it's like a simple slot receiver someone on the left side of the field was wide open except everything was on the attention to the right side of the field. He rolls out, gets stuffed, throws an interception, which actually hurt him because they got the ball at the 25 yard line. Early in that corner, the first play of the first quarter, he throws another interception to a receiver that it looked like if it had not been tipped, it would have been low and behind and also probably picked. A really, really bad throw from Lamar Jackson. Neither quarterback seemed like the ball was slipping out of their hands or they were underthrowing. I don't know what it was. I did not see a lot of good throws in this game. But Lamar Jackson, and we don't say this often about Lamar Jackson, maybe it was the defense, maybe it was the scheming, maybe whatever. This is this was Lamar Jackson's game to lose, and in the fourth quarter, he lost it. Yes, should their defense have held up in the third and fourth quarter? Absolutely. But given the opportunity that Lamar Jackson did, he utilized his legs perfectly. Rushing tech, other than that, wasn't great, but they were able to do it enough. But when it came to Lamar Jackson's arm, he was given a task, and he did not complete it. Josh Allen was able to take advantage of it. He also used his legs fairly well. Stefan Diggs got in a little bit of the action. They were able to keep the ball safe. Dawson Knox had a huge catch in this one as well. Buffalo Bills did what they needed to do. And I, I still think they are the best team in the AFC. I know the Chiefs are a really tough compen- contender considering what they just did to the Buccaneers on Sunday night, which we'll get to in a second. But I still think overall the Buffalo Bills are the number one team in the AFC. Baltimore Ravens, not too worried, but they are going to have to check themselves. I think that game next Sunday night against the Cincinnati Bengals is going to tell us a lot about how the AFC North is going to shape up come the rest of the season. Because those two teams, it's it's either one of their team, either one of their ones to lose. I think they're. I think the Bengals, um, Ravens, and Browns are all sitting at two and two right now. One of them has to take away. One of them has to get to the top, and I think it's going to be the Ravens or the Bengals. Cardinals Panthers, another game that I kind of saw coming. Cardinals need what they need to do on offense. Baker Mayfield struggles once again. Christian McCaffrey coming in the passing game a little bit more, but nothing on the ground. the The Carolina Panthers just look absolutely atrocious. They cannot score any, generate any points on offense. Think the statistic is like one in 17 under Matt Rule when there's when they allow 17 points or more. They just they've got no offense to them. Their defense is not shaping up, they're just getting exhausted. They are losing the time of possession considerably. Roughly a two-thirds relationship to the opposing team's time of possession. There was also three turnovers in this game, including two interceptions by Baker Mayfield. The Arizona Cardinals got to have an easy one against the Carolina Panthers. I still don't think they're able to keep up with the San Francisco 49ers for their division, and I think the rest of the NFC is too good for the Arizona Cardinals, but we shall see. Carolina Panthers looking for the number one pick in the NFL draft. Patriots versus Packers. I don't want to spend too much time on this one because, I mean, the game... Score is kind of where I expected it. A, a, I, I think the Packers should have gotten out a little bit more. They definitely struggled a little bit um, on the defensive side, holding uh, zap, uh, Zappy, Bailey Zappy. My bad. Forgot his first name there for a second. But Bailey Zappy, the late round pick in this last year's draft, comes out and holds himself a, a solid game 10 to 15, 99 yards, and a touchdown, pulling off almost a ridiculous victory over the green Bay Packers and uh, Aaron Rodgers finally was did what he needed to do no one really stood out to me in this game as someone that um, would really help the Packers I think they need to just focus on their defense cut off the turnovers it was a fumble and an interception this game for the Packers the Patriots they've got a lot of things coming I'm, I'm excited for Bailey Zappi until Mac Jones comes in the rush game did all right Um, They're just going to have to have more explosive plays. Their defense held up for most of this game against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Rodgers puts up 27 against the New England Patriots defense. It's nothing to uh, sneeze at. And I think they're going to have to keep doing it to compete in this NFC. Broncos Raiders. Raiders finally getting something on the ground game going with 28 carries and 144 yards and two touchdowns by Josh Jacobs, freeing everything for Derek Carr to do just what he needs to do. Devontae Adams with 101 yards in this game. Their defense also held up very nicely against Russell Wilson in this offense. Wilson really not getting anything going, not getting too much in the air Their real lack was on the ground. Javante Williams goes out with a serious ACL injury that will cost him the rest of his season. It is Melvin Gordon on the ground game, although he did nothing with three carries and eight yards on Sunday. Their leading rusher was Russell Wilson with with 29 yards and also a rushing touchdown, which is pretty nice. Um, But the Broncos have seriously been struggling. I know they have two wins, but... Their defense does not look as good as we hyped it to be. The Las Vegas Raiders were able to take full advantage of it, especially in the second quarter um, with a fumble recovery touchdown. But, I mean, hey, Raiders finally got something going on the rush game. I think that will free up everything to get some pressure off of Derek Carr. They definitely were able to keep the ball for a lot of this game. And, yeah, I I like this is finally the Raiders team I expected to see. High-powered offense letting off a few points on defense, but overall getting themselves hardcore victories. Broncos, you just got to find someplace else than Russell Wilson, and their defense has to stop it up front. Two more games left, Kansas City Chiefs versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now listen, this is a little bit skewed, 41-31 to 31 in favor of the Chiefs, but that opening kickoff that was fumbled by Tampa and scored by two plays later by the Chiefs to make it 7-0 in less than about like 50 seconds I want to say kind of takes us away from how this game really went. This was a great close battle. 10-point margin of victory at the end, really should have been a 3-point margin of victory had not the first kickoff been fumbled. Both offenses were clicking. Brady was throwing the ball 52 times for 385 yards and three touchdowns. Mahomes was doing the magic Mahomes that he did. The play calling for the Chiefs was fantastic. Mike Evans was dominating for the Tampa Bay Bucks on receiving side. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was once again getting the rush game going. I mean, we saw both these teams in full action. Some key notes, though. One, uh, KC now has a dual dynamic offense. We haven't seen a rush game like this in quite a few games And I think that if they can master it, if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire can keep this efficiency, then it's game over for a lot of other teams. Also, and I'm going to butcher this last name, Isaiah Pacheco? I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. 11 carries, 63 yards. This man is a crazy, like, Marshawn Lynch type of guy. I mean, he was bulldozing everything around him and I think if they can keep that kind of maybe dual running back system that would be sick for the Kansas City Chiefs offense I am loving what I'm seeing out of Pacheco I think I'm pronouncing that correctly but anyway man was loving what I was seeing out of Casey Tampa Bay finally getting something going late in this game they actually scored more points than the Chiefs in the second half but Tom Brady needs some help on the rush game Leonard Fournette was nowhere to be found. I think he didn't even, I, he barely had any rushing yards. No, he had negative three rushing yards out of three carries. Richard White with three carries and six yards, three total yards on the ground, 52 passing attempts by Tom Brady. That, I mean, Tom Brady right now, with how old he is, should not be throwing the ball 52 times. He also got popped in that second or third quarter where he has a mild injury to now his rotator cuff, and he still went out there and still kept throwing a great game. I mean, Bucks are clearly the favorite out of the AFC South, in my opinion. I mean, the Falcons are nowhere, the Panthers are nowhere, the Saints are nowhere. It's the Bucks to lose. The Chiefs are by far the favorites of the AFC South, and I think are the two teams, and I think it's the Chiefs, and the Bills, that are the two teams, once again, in the AFC, loving what I'm seeing out the Chiefs are able to spread the ball out like crazy. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, J- Juju smith Suster, Travis Kelsey, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, everyone was getting the ball in this game. And it's just so much fun to watch this place. The style of play from the KC Chiefs. We're, I am looking forward to seeing them the rest of the year come, and come postseason. Monday Night Football, this game kind of shocked me a little bit. San Francisco 49ers all healthy with a good Jimmy Garoppolo is exactly what everyone kept hyping about in the offseason. This team is Super Bowl contenders. This team is ready to roll in the postseason. They're now sitting at 2-2 with a massive win at home over the Los Angeles Rams, 24-9. That defense put up seven sacks on Matthew Safford. Seven and they got him an interception and a fumble, both in the fourth quarter to seal the deal. Now San Francisco's offense could definitely have done a little bit better. Um, they only had I think 17 points in the fourth quarter going into the fourth quarter, but that defense, oh my goodness, Matthew Stafford cannot go to anyone else besides Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup with 14 receptions, 122 yards. Stafford had to throw the ball 48 times. Nothing on the rush game was happening. Daryl Henderson Jr., Cam Akers, it didn't matter. Your highest rusher had 27 yards, and he didn't even have the most carries. Daryl Henderson Jr. had seven carries for 27 yards. That was the highest rusher. Los Angeles Rams. You need to find someone else besides Cooper Cup. I think we've all been saying this pretty much all year, but seriously, I know Tyler Higby had 10 receptions for 73 yards. Matthew Stafford had 32 completions. 24 of them went to two guys, Cooper Cup and the tight end. No one else, like Allen Robinson with two receptions for seven yards, what is this? This is not Ram's style of offense. Too much pressure on Matthew Stafford. He was getting nothing done. He was getting blown up every single play. I am not very happy about what I'm seeing from the Rams sitting at 2-2 right now, tied with the 49ers in the AFC West and also the Arizona Cardinals and also the Seattle Seahawks. I think they're all sitting at 2-2 right now. And it is the 49ers' job to lose. They have clearly the best defense, and they can put the points up when they need to. Now, looking at the current standings, we'll go by division real quick. The Miami Dolphins set at 3-1 atop the AFC East since having beaten the Buffalo bills bills also at three and one jets at two and two patriots at one and three Cleveland Browns technically lead the AFC North Bengals and Ravens and Browns all sit at two and two Steelers at one and three Jaguars leading the AFC South at two and two also the Titans at two and two Colts at one two and one Texans at oh three and one Chiefs Only team at 3-1 in the AFC West, Chargers and Broncos also at 2-2, the Raiders at 1-3. Eagles, the only undefeated team in the NFL at 4-0 in the AFC East, Dallas Cowboys and Giants at 3-1 and and the Commanders at 1-3. Vikings and Packers atop the North with the Vikings having the win over the Packers, 3-1 apiece, Bears at 2-2, Lions at 1-3. Bucks and Falcons both sitting at 2-2, although I think we all know how that one's going to turn out. And then the Panthers and Saints are all sitting at 1-3. And And finally, like I said, 49ers, Rams, Cardinals, and Seahawks sitting at 2-2 and and in that respective order. So a lot of teams at 3-1, majority of teams at 2-2. It's a little too early to tell who's going to come out early, but I think there is a general consensus on who has looked hot and who we might see Come postseason. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Make sure you come in on Friday, late Friday night. Most likely you'll pick it up Saturday morning for the week five preview. Have a great rest of your evening, guys. Peace out.